Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Brains Behind Beauty podcast. My name is Jess, and today we have on um, Ella from My Skin Story. I've been following Ella on um, social media for the last couple of for the last maybe six months to a year um, and I can definitely say that she is one of the most inspirational and informative people that I follow on there. Her work is absolutely amazing, her ethic of the way that she communicates with her followers is amazing, um, the knowledge that she puts on there is and it's, she's very connectable, very relatable and she makes people feel very good but be, but re- in a realistic way. So I'd like to introduce Ella. So Ella if you can tell Hi, us about you. That was such a nice introduction, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so as you've obviously just said then, Jess, um, I'm Ella. Um, I'm running the Instagram account underscore my skin story. And really my journey started, I, well, let's start right at the beginning then, shall we say. So I trained in beauty when I was literally 15, 16. Whenever you leave school, I did like the first two years um, of beauty level two and three which I then grew on to do makeup. Like makeup was realistically where I was wanting to drive my career. I always wanted to be a makeup artist before, I always say before it was cool, yeah. like way before it was like <laughs> some random reason, I don't know what yeah. I've read or, or saw or something like that. I always wanted to be a makeup artist. So to, to grow in that industry, I thought the best steps is obviously to do the beauty, to kind of get into that industry and then do the makeup as well. So that's how kind of my, my journey realistically started within the industry. Had absolutely no experience of breakouts or anything like that. And then it was only when I hit 21. So I'd done all my training, was in the industry, was working as a, a self-employed makeup artist. And then I went on a girl's holiday when I was, we'd all hit 21, like the girls were finishing uni and I was, we, we were all turning 21 around about that time. And I got home from this girl's holiday and my skin just out of the blue just kind of erupted mm-hmm. so I just ended up having like this worst outbreak of adult acne ever I was quite in denial about it and it was my mum that actually was like telling me to go to the GP and go to the doctors and things like that and I was like no it's fine like it's just a little breakout like it'll calm down and it didn't it progressively got worse and if any of your, your listeners are, are, um, have been through kind of this process you know the protocols of the doctors have given you antibiotics and topical creams and all these different types of things so I'd literally exhausted all avenues and what was kind of special in my case is I trained in skin I trained in beauty I I was a makeup artist so realistically I should have had all the knowledge and information as to know how to help my own skin especially Mm -hmm. alongside like a GP's uh, recommendation of medication things like that you would have thought that my career and then working with a a medical professional I would have been able to kind of tackle this and solve this and Mm -hmm. I just felt helpless I had absolutely no answers I would get a little glimmer of hope every time that I would take medication and things like that but it would always revert back to how it was and nine out of ten times it would come back with an vengeance. that then escalated me to the final avenue, which I don't know whether anybody's heard of, of Roaccutane, mm-hmm. which is one of the strongest types of medication for acne. And it is kind of a really successful type of drug, but it is a very last resort, something that you need a referral from the dermatologist for. And you have to be monitored through the NHS to be able yeah. to make sure you can carry on with the medication because it does come with some side effects. 
and then that was the, the turning point for me that I started my Instagram account because I didn't really know much about this medication. The more I spoke to, about, about people, the more they opened up and was like, oh, I've had that or I know somebody who's had that. Whereas for me, it was like I'd never heard of it before. And when you are in that kind of moment, you feel like you're the only one suffering with your skin anyway. Yeah. I don't even know what made me start the Instagram account. It was more for like selfish reasons. I know that it was more to kind of document my journey of yeah. how I was going progress and how I was going to see a change in my skin so if you scroll right down to the bottom of my Instagram it's literally like exactly so then though it was 2016 I, I think it was there was no no acne community whatsoever like Instagram mm. was used for posting pictures of your food or posting yeah. pictures out with your friends your drinks yeah. things like that like people used to post like the trainers and things like yeah. that never a platform used in a positive way yeah. like acne so mm. there was probably me and maybe another girl there that that was mm. doing the same thing that I came across she was based in America so from then my Instagram socials have just grown and then that again led me to like I do a 360 to come back to skin and think well if I've yeah. trained in the basics I still don't know yeah. I need to I need to know more I need to know yeah. more because there's people out there that need help like me and I find as well that in this industry as well you can never stop learning and I find a little bit worrying like relating back to like that original training is that the amount of people that I sometimes have spoken to that they have just they're fresh out of college that's when or, or whatever fresh out of training where their knowledge should be absolutely booming and all nice and nice and fresh that they can't even tell you like the layers of the skin or how the skin works or how things get in and out of it and it's almost kind of a, li a little bit worrying in a way so when obviously you were going through your stages of like having acne what did it make you feel at the time to the way that now you look at it now because obviously what you do still have like your odd breakouts every now and then and when and, and everything obviously your mindset to that has changed now so what did you, what was it making you feel at the time because the thing is is even from a skin specialist point of view there's some skin specialists that are out there that haven't actually had really that much of a skin problem so obviously mm -hmm. whereas you can massively relate to people on such a personal level of being of being there yeah how did it make you feel at the time to now how has your mindset changed with what you've learned and what you've been through over the years when I first started suffering you feel mm -hmm. like you're the only person that ever has yeah. Bad skin. Like you're, yeah. you're suffering with this on your own and there's nobody that's ever experienced it and nobody else that's going through it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Being in the industry as well, at that time, being a makeup artist, it was like I used to envy everybody's skin. Like yeah. you'd come and sit in my chair and they, I'd be like asking them the general questions like, where are you going? What do you want? And mm -hmm. I'd be doing their makeup thinking, I wonder what her skincare routine yeah. is what she does does she not do this or does she do this and it would make me so envious about it and it would actually make me feel like I didn't shouldn't really be doing that job because if people were looking at my skin and seeing that my skin wasn't in great condition then were they thinking oh why is she doing my makeup she shouldn't be doing my makeup or touching my skin when she's got acne or were they thinking that I was unhygienic were they thinking I was dirty were they having a, a negative perception of me and all these things just used to go round head all the time like why me what have I done wrong like yeah. is it karma have I done something bad in the past like every little thing yeah. would literally run through my mind daily and it would consume my whole yeah. day like my day would revolve around a good skin day or a bad yeah. skin day yeah. like the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning usually people might check the phone or they'll go to the yeah. toilet I just ran straight to the mirror yeah. or I would open up the front camera of my phone and be yeah. checking 
in straight away. So from that moment of me waking up throughout the day, yeah. it absolutely ruled my day. I used to love going to the gym. It used to stop, stop me from doing that because gym is realistically the one place you wouldn't wear makeup. Yeah. So it's like, usually you could cover it. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the gym because that's one place that I would feel like I would need to put makeup on, but I obviously didn't want to. Yeah. So day to day, it really stopped me from doing a lot of things. And I even speak to like my parents and things like that on my Instagram. I did an interview with my mum yeah. and I was her point of view because obviously it's it's my parents that were living with me and they were seeing their daughter completely deteriorate in, in a yeah. person, a confident person that I was just yeah. going downhill like daily Mm -hmm. so that was then and then now obviously I've gained my confidence back through the journey that I've been on and and experiencing clearer skin but it has given me a completely different outlook on how I deal with other people's skin but if I do get a breakout myself now I think like it's not the end of the world and everybody deals with this and everybody experiences this and Mm -hmm. it is so 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 common it's Mm -hmm. not that you are on your own so you have to be a positive person about it to be able to encourage people to be positive as well Mm -hmm. but yeah my my mindset's gone from like one one end of the scale to to the other like completely Yeah, that's amazing. That's so good. With in terms of like obviously what you've done, we we fully know as skin specialists, there's no secret, there's no one road for everybody, um, and it is completely down to people's diets, lifestyles, what they're using on their skin. It goes a lot more deeper than what it actually is. Um, mm-hmm. But do you feel like that you can really solve the problem um, in terms of acne? just by like looking at internal well-being and skincare or do you think that there does get to a point where they do need to go on medication you do need to have prescribed like you do need to go on the reacting do you think you could have helped do you think you could have fixed it by really getting back to the roots or um, of what trigger of all the triggers or do you think that there are you do need to go there is a point by it is medication and reactane all that sort of thing yeah if I if I knew what I knew now I would definitely try the more holistic route like and that has realistically been what drove my career to, to where I am today because it's yeah. like if I would have had somebody like me back yeah. then yeah. I potentially wouldn't have wanted to take Roaccutane yeah. or I wouldn't have necessarily needed to take Roaccutane yeah. and in some circumstances like I do work obviously with a lot of clients to be mm. able to with their skin and the one thing that I would say is if it really starts to affect your mental health yeah and not that Roaccutane is ever a quick fix yeah but sometimes to have that medication that is very very successful can mm. actually really help somebody's journey in not getting so down about it yeah. and I feel like that's what's obviously a really good thing to have there but mm-hmm. it does take a long time as I say it's not a quick fix and it doesn't work for everybody and I feel like even if you was to go on the medication you would still have to consider the holistic side of things the lifestyle yeah. the diet yeah. the yeah. the skincare side of things mm-hmm. like you can't just expect this one yeah. drug to be a miracle cure like yeah. you still have to um, take on the other factors as well. Yeah, oh yeah, I completely agree. And that's the thing is that um, the amount of times when we get mess- clients message us who want in the quick fix or they're saying, can this facial help with my breakouts or help with whatever skin concern? Um, and that's the one thing that we really need to try and, and like as skin specialists, need to educate our clients on is that the, everything that goes on with our skin is massively linked to what's going on in the body and what you're using on it and like your own well-being. So there's no massive quick fix for it. You need to go right back to right back to the basics. But um, 
in terms of kind of like the what would you say is the main thing to look out for or like the most kind of damaging thing about like the society now like whether it was to do with training or the sort of social media the filters what do what is your kind of values on how you look at how you are educating your clients and what to look out for obviously training from from yeah. a, a skin practitioner's perspective there's so many practitioners out there now that clients are so overwhelmed with who's going to help and who's mm-hmm. advice take because there's so much conflicting information out yeah. there mm-hmm. so training for one for skin specialists is super key as i said yeah. at the beginning like you leave college and you barely know anything about skin yeah. like i yeah. felt like I barely knew anything anyway. I knew how to perform facial. You can train anybody to do a facial. I could train my boyfriend to do a facial. Like that's (laughs) the side of it. But to actually know about the depths of the skin and Mm -hmm. all the different factors that come along with it, that's what's really hard in the industry right now because people go on these big courses and it's like, oh, all of a sudden you're trained in all these different machines types of facials but yeah you've got somebody of a back street and they're charging like 50 pounds for micro needling like mm. it's you're not going to be able to get that advice yeah. and I feel a lot of practitioners as well sometimes just do the facial and they don't kind of give the aftercare advice and the yeah. skincare routine at home I always mm. um use the analogy of like a personal trainer you can't just go to a personal trainer yeah. once a month yeah. and then the rest of the month like eat yeah. rubbish and, and things like that and not yeah. go to the gym like you need yeah. to kind of use it as a collective and um, and then in terms of obviously like social media and things like that like it's changed huge it's yeah. massive like the the flip of social media albeit yeah there is a lot of negativity out there and we mm-hmm. still have a long way to go with social yeah. media but the change from as I said at the beginning like 2016 when I was the only person that was posting yeah. pictures of like my bare face and yeah. of my, my skin in, mm-hmm. in raw images compared to now it's like the community the acting community mm-hmm. and the skincare community yeah. is huge yeah um, still being obviously kind of trying to be kind like I think that's just a massive thing that everybody's trying to do at the moment like you, you look at kind of the celebrities like the Caroline um flack situation and all different type of Love Island people for example like yeah. is there still a lot that social media needs to do but mm. uh, I think a lot of people concentrating on the negatives rather than the positives of social yeah. media how you can find and connect with people like look at us now like we would have mm. never have crossed paths yeah. Yeah, but we're now connecting and we're able to educate other people and we're able yeah. to kind of network in that way mm-hmm. um, to be able to yeah even people from all over the world like you're able to connect and mm-hmm. I have a lot like a network of referral people that I think if, if I've exhausted my knowledge it's like I will pass you on to somebody else so yeah that's the one thing is that you can definitely see a massive change in social media on kind of it's going a lot more positive a lot more real there is like definitely still a long way to go but I think as well it's what people are looking for so the people that are that it is damaging them you do have that control and that opportunity to be able to follow and see things that you want to and get and get rid of the things that you don't so if it is damaging people then it's utilizing it to be more educational and to follow people that are matching your interests and your and your ethics and stuff like that so it's definitely an amazing tool um, but it's definitely something which like I'm really trying to kind of get across in some of the podcast episodes that it, it can also it's using social media in a right in the right way sort of thing I went um, I went in a few years ago to India and I met this girl from Australia and she didn't have social media. Yeah. This was two, three years ago. She didn't have social media. And obviously the first thing you would say is like, oh, what's your Instagram off for you? And Instagram, she was like, oh no, I don't have social media. So I was like, what? 
who yeah. doesn't have social media that's really strange and she was like no I, I deleted it she said I felt like I followed all my friends on there and because of stories and Instagram posts she was like I knew what everybody was doing so I felt like I didn't have to connect with my friends and catch up with my friends because I knew ex- I could pick up my phone yeah. and I knew exactly what they was doing she said so I deleted it and now I'm like so much more sociable with people yeah. because I don't know what I'm doing but just by picking up my phone so you make that connection you make that call and you catch up with people and I yeah. thought that's, that's such a positive thing to That's do so good, and yeah. I came back from India and I actually was like I'm going to delete my personal one and just focus mm-hmm. on my business one yeah. and my personal one obviously had like people that you just follow as you, as you kind of as you do just like associates not actual mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and whereas my skin one it's like I, I follow kind of a few really close friends and yeah. then the rest of it is just more of like skin positivity and business yeah. and things like that and my mm-hmm. mindset from doing that and getting rid of all those random people that I follow and I knew but I didn't really know mm-hmm. to now being following people that I do know and positive account yeah it's made a really positive change in my mind 100% yeah Yeah, I completely agree I think so and and I do I do definitely think it's all it has almost become like an addiction of like picking up your phone and reading it I think it almost requires like some strength now to actually be able to almost like let go of that and and like and focus on the positive and the and all the the real stuff and what you want to do because it has become a very big habit for some people, but it's such yeah. a great change. Like every, anything like that's kind of worth doing is probably going to be a little bit hard, but it's the, the transition's always amazing when it gets like followed through. So in terms of kind of like your business side, like just tapping into that slightly, are you much of, because obviously you've built like an amazing business. Are you much of like a businesswoman, or is this come from because of your values, your ethics, your education, your story? Um, Because you've got your clinic, haven't you, in Manchester? Yeah, yeah. So has that just all come from everything that you've been doing over the years or was this a goal that you've always wanted? Yeah, it probably stemmed from like my, my own experience. Like I was always self-employed. So I would, you could say I've always been more business mindset. Like I could yeah. never really see myself being managed by somebody. Yeah. I've always been that kind of person. Even from a young age, my mum would always say like, I could never see you in like a nine to five job, like at mm-hmm. all. So yeah. yeah, I suppose you could say I've kind of always had that more of a business mind and I'm so organized, like super organized. I yeah, feel like that's, that's so all good. Yeah. you need to have. Um, but like to have my clinic, that was never really a goal of mine like as I said yeah. I trained makeup and makeup was really the avenue that I wanted to go down yeah um oh, yeah I was self-employed so it was still that business mindset but to, to be where I am today I would have it was never like a dream or a goal or anything like that it's only yeah. been something that's progressively happened and I've just kind of ended up here if that makes yeah. sense it's never been I've had about five-year business plan and yeah I wanted to do this and that and the other it's just kind of just slowly progressed and I am like literally where I am today yeah yeah, that's amazing. That's so good. How long have you been open for now? I've really only been doing it full time for about 18 months. Which oh, that's is funny. amazing. Like, probably taking yeah. away COVID, taking yeah. away COVID and things, but full, yeah. like, full time. I always did it kind of part time alongside makeup. Because right, yeah. as I said, that was, the, that was the goal. That was the career. That was the drive. Yeah, yeah that was it. Um, so I did it part time on the side. Yeah. Um, and obviously, when you engage with people doing makeup anyway it kind of fits it's, it all goes yeah. hand in hand so it was like I was always giving people advice and then yeah. I was like why am I not doing this kind of yeah. full time 
Yeah. Um, so it's only really been like 18 months minus COVID that yeah. um, that we're doing this full time. Yeah. We've got a lot of, in our training, we do get a lot of people that are kind of um, makeup artists that want to come on because it is, it's all, I think it's very much as well going down the path now of like people trying to more of look, look after themselves rather than the, the fakeness is slowly like everyone's trying to enhance their own natural beauty so the amount of like skin um, the amount of makeup artists now that are kind of like i want to help people's skin because i don't want yeah. to be no one wants to be fully caked in makeup anymore and they don't want to be caking makeup it's like that everyone wants to be everyone's understanding the importance of looking after their skin and their like internal well-being yeah, and I don't know about you, but since COVID, I feel like that's just kind of escalated things so much yeah. more. Yeah, like everyone's been home, no one's been wearing makeup. When you've mm-hmm. been going out, everyone's kind of toned it down a little bit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like for me, in lockdown, like business just went boom. Yeah, yeah. And I feel yeah. like so many people have, have kind of said the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And also, as well as I think people, because people were spending a lot of a lot of time day, days at home and time at home, is not only were they potentially picking out things with them, but also as well as that, people's skin dramatically changed going through COVID as well because of all the stress, being indoors, change the environment, maybe eating differently. Um, everyone's alcohol intake seemed to have went up, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> So it's just like, so we, we, we were the same, like we got quite busy because people were just noticing it more, but people were then going down the route of, like you said, wanting to enhance their own natural skin because obviously they weren't wearing makeup all the time and everyone, everyone's going down the route of wanting to look after themselves more, um, yeah. which I think is really lovely and like really important, which is good. In terms of kind of like any potential tips or advice that you would give to anyone with um, I'm making it specifically for more of like acne prone skin just because yeah, so it's yeah. relatable for, for people who are going to be listening to that, that skin. What would you advise people on either what to look out for or potentially like where to start, the do's, the don'ts, the kind of what would be your starting point for anybody who needs advice on it? Even psychological things of, of what advice, what tips you can give them. Yeah. The first thing I would always say, the biggest tip realistically, would be to always seek professional advice from somebody who is more specialist in that. Mm-hmm. Like the the wrongs that I made along the way was kind of listening to a friend, listening to a family yeah. member, like taking advice from somebody that actually doesn't know anything. And now I look back and think, God, I spent all that time and all that money when I could have just like flipped, I don't know, skipped, I don't about four years and just gone to an actual expert like that's you might feel that as well it's like a frustration it's like I put a post on months ago now and it was like you want to build a house you speak to a builder like your car breaks down you go to a mechanic like Mm. your skin starts to break out and it's like you go to everybody except a skin specialist it's like what why is that such a disconnection having a skin concern but not going to speak to the expert straight away and Mm. trying to and fix it themselves like it's just impossible you're never realistically going to get super super far with that Mm -hmm. another one would definitely be that don't rely upon like want this one special thing or this one magic cream that's all of a sudden you've tried so much and like oh this is going to be the one cream that fixes my skin because Mm -hmm. through that process you won't really realize it but that's kind of hacking away the mental health side of things because Mm -hmm. your hopes go up they come straight back crashing down when you see that something doesn't work and then that kind of process continues and continues until it does really wear away at your mental health 
it's having to look at the bigger picture. Like, don't just think, even things like, yeah, we, we want to focus on diet and we want to make sure that these internal factors we want to consider. But even little things like, oh, well, I'll just cut out dairy. Like, it's mm. really not as easy as that. Like, no. it was. And it yeah. sounds like it would be a really great idea if it was just mm. down to that. But it's really not just down to those things. So think about adding, adding things together rather than it just being like one main focus on things yeah mental health is obviously another massive thing like trying to get out of little habits picking is obviously one trying to lose your focus on when I mentioned before about kind of just getting up in the morning and running straight to the mirror right we're mm-hmm. trying to distract yourself so when you do wake up in the morning the first thing is you don't just run over to the mirror like distract yourself think right I'm just going to get up I'm going to put the kettle on and then I'm going to do something else so you aren't going through those motions of looking in the mirror spending 10 15 20 minutes of picking your skin and making yourself feel down mm-hmm. follow positive accounts like another tip like Mm. get on social media unfollow the people that are making you feel like Mm. you aren't worthy or that you are like on an on a completely different scale to some of these people that you do follow Mm -hmm. and follow the positive accounts follow the like for like people and try and see through I don't know whether I can swear on your podcast, but yeah, trying yeah, to see through people's bullshit. Like yeah, yeah. I see people on Instagram and it's like, oh my God, like the filter to death. Like mm. how can people not see this? Yeah. How are people doing that? I mentioned again, yeah. oh my God, look at your skin. There's so many people I know that use filters and I know that they don't look like that in real life. Yeah. But yeah. to other people, they're probably looking at that image thinking, oh my God, she's perfect. Like she's mm. tall as she was. Mm. And I'm like, no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's not right. So yeah, mm. that's another one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think those are all really good points. And I think it does almost summarise everything from all different different aspects. And um, I also find, like, I don't know if you like agree with me on this, but obviously I think the skin industry now is absolutely booming with some amazing, educated therapists, practitioners, specialists all, um, that are doing it. Whereas this time, but I think that's only happened over the last couple of years. I think it's very much, I was speaking to my kind of colleague, business partner, whatever, my friend um i was speaking about this about it uh, her about it earlier but i kind of think in a way gone are the days of almost kind of like your kind of high street beauty salons where it's kind of like you come in you have your facial you go like go again you've got your anti-aging range you've got your acne range you've got your hydrating range it's very much now like over the years it's very much progressed on like you everyone is turning into like specialists or mm-hmm. and it's very much accessible now in terms of like podcasts and um and like media accounts and doing your research there's so many people out there that can really help and help people with their skin um and yeah, I think yeah. that has a, and I think the thing is is we've all uh, like you me and like many people who I know the sort of time we kind of potentially went into the industry we had to go through the brutal learning curves of having to find all this information that having to be there do it go through everything to be able to learn this whereas now we've got there is plenty of knowledge there to be able to pass it on to other people um and um and be able to kind of get the help that they need um which i think is amazing yeah 100 and i feel like clients as well are becoming more wise to things like I get a lot of clients and it's like, I've come to you because I know that I'm going to get like solid advice and information and honesty. And I think that's clients are so like, you have to be transparent now. You can't like lie to people. You can't kind of sugarcoat things or anything like that. People want 
you to be brutally honest yeah and like even if somebody comes with me with a concern that I feel like I'm not the best person for them or like if somebody comes for a facial and it's like I don't offer that a treatment that I think would work for you you have to be transparent and you have to like pass them on to other people like even the aesthetic industry it's like for example with fillers like you Mm. would go to somebody now that if you've had too much and you want more you would expect that that trainer to be like Mm no you've had enough no more yeah. like mm-hmm. I would want to go to somebody who yeah. would say that and I think yeah. it's the same with skin like mm-hmm. your clients now are becoming so much wiser to yeah. to it yeah I definitely agree that's another thing which I find is that clients are becoming more educated because they're reading on stuff and because like when because there's so much information out there they may need help to be pointed in the right direction they need to be educated from the right people but they know their stuff now. And so it's kind of like, you can't just like, I think it's, it's very rare now that you can't they know what they're kind of looking for, which again is good. Even though we still get the odd person coming in saying, can I have this treatment? And you're like, oh, maybe, um, but, um, but yeah, in general, they're definitely getting more educated, which means that our knowledge has to grow with that as well. Cause it was easy yeah, yeah. then to just go and have your facial all good afterwards. And then like they go off for the day but people are wanting to be educated now. People are wanting more of help. People want to see result-driven treatment. And also people like, like you said, being real with them, where pointing them in the right direction if we can't help them or or be or like or educating them on certain things of what they can and can't do and and I think that clients are liking that but I think everything I think the industry is dramatically changing I think there's so many positive things that are coming from the industry so much education that's coming from it a lot more specialists there's a lot more people now that have because the industry is dramatically grown the sort of people that are out now are people that have been there done it that have got a lot to tell but I also do think that's got a long way to go in terms of kind of like the regulations behind some things some of the social media aspects um like people who can and can't do specific treatments um obviously like you said like the one day courses where sometimes it's online and then all of a sudden they're allowed to go off and do like microneedling and whatever um i think there's a lot to do but i do think that's going in the right direction um yeah did you watch the bbc one documentary on it yeah i did that was out a couple of weeks ago wasn't it yeah 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 I think that was amazing. And then um, I could actually, um, do you remember what it was called for the for people to look it up? No, I feel like it was called like, I want to say botched or something like that. Yeah. It was, I, can't, I can't think what it was called. I know that Dr. Nyla was in yeah. there. He was yeah. um, a special basis um, aesthetic nurse. Yeah. I can't think of what it was specifically yeah. called, but it'll be on BBC iPlay 100%. Yeah, that's fine. For anyone that's listening to this, I'll look it up and I'll put um, in the description, I'll put the link of where to find yeah. it. But I think that I think that was brilliant, really kind of like crunching down. And I think there needs to be a lot more of it um, of zooming yeah. in on the industry. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no. So I think I've basically covered everything that I wanted to ask. Did you want to, for anyone around like the Manchester area or traveling, does do you want to kind of like introduce your business, your website, where to find you and all that sort of thing? Um, yeah, definitely. Based just outside Manchester City Centre, um, yeah. literally 10 minutes from Manchester City Centre. Um, so for anybody who is obviously suffering with the skin from an acne perspective, I can right. help with consultations. Yeah, any anything realistically. I am more specialist specialised in, in kind of the acne. Online consultations, even if you aren't close to Manchester, that's something that I started up in COVID because 
everybody was like, I need help with my skin. I need help with my skin. So I still am offering online consultations, video consultations. If you are close to me, if you are great, we can do a face to face consultation. And obviously if you want to get set up on kind of a treatment plan with any facials and things like that, then I can definitely offer that to people. My website is on my Instagram. It's in my bio, but my Instagram is underscore my skin story. And that's pretty much all the socials that I'm on. Don't do Facebook, yeah. don't do yeah. TikTok, anything like that. I just <laughs> don't do TikTok. Do we just straight far to the point? Far too much for me. Yeah. I know. That's another thing. Like, another thing is when do um, I try and optimize my social media and I know how long it takes to make all those yeah. posts. And sometimes I look at your social media page, it's so informative. I'm like, how do you even do that? It's just like, it's just like, that's just a different skill because it takes a what just to make one post. I can't believe how long it actually takes to make it. Yeah. But yeah. It's kind of second nature now, but it is tough to sometimes think of content. But I feel like now I've built a platform. Yeah. The content post is basically if somebody's asked me a question, and I think, oh, somebody's asked me a question, I'll make a post about yeah. it. So yeah. it's kind of just like self, yeah. self work yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, quick 10 minutes yeah. between a client I'm like quick yeah. I need to make a post for tomorrow yeah. it's yeah, a whole new job it's like literally the job on top of yeah. my job it yeah. is and I'm like a one-man yeah. back as well I don't have anyone working for me like oh, it's amazing so it's it's tough but it works <laughs> yeah no that's absolutely amazing you should be so proud of yourself that's like so good and then um yeah social media is definitely a full-time job even um even like opening reopening the clinics and um me i was getting staff to do certain things and whatever and i was like i can't believe that now i've got five people doing the one job that i was trying to do but the one good thing what lockdown done is like delegating stuff but it is full like this is another thing which i try and educate like people in is that like doing the business side is a full-time job, doing your clients is a full-time job, doing your social media is a full-time job. And it's just, that, and yeah, it's amazing. It's, you're one man band doing that. That's great. It's so good. Yeah. I think um, because I'm a, a perfectionist, people always say like, would you never hire someone? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, but right now I just, because it's my baby and it's just something yeah. that I've got. I'm still yeah. growing it. I'm yeah. just a bit like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing as well. Is that like what I've noticed about people in so, like doing the social media is that no one will truly be able to get across you because people are invested yeah. in you, your personality, your knowledge, and like, and you, what you'll end up doing is probably writing everything out and then they're just then copying and pasting it. So you might as well do it yourself then. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know, and that's um, so. Um, it is important from like a business perspective is a lot of I get from a business side I get a lot of um, like students and people who want to open up businesses and stuff message me and I'm just like sometimes like, we're not specialists in social media or, or websites or marketing and stuff but unfortunately it's a job that we need to like you need to do and like, and you do need to set aside of, of doing it so you, you can connect and network with people and stuff but, but yeah, yeah, it's good. Your, your, yours is great. Sometimes I just sit on it just to like read. That's my like learning for the day when I go through yours. So it's great. But yeah, so um, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say or like you feel like that you would want to cover? You want to get out to people, covered everything? Um, no, I feel like, yeah, everything. If anybody needs me, like literally just pop me an email, pop me a message, and hopefully I can kind of help with things like that if there's a lot of students kind of that are listening and maybe want to specialize more in the acne side of things get a kettle on go on my social media yeah. and delete, like you just said yeah. scroll through and yeah stuff. just read yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's amazing brilliant cool all right well um anyway 
I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast. Thanks, Ella, for coming on today. Um, and you're very welcome <laughs> um and yeah if you would like to get a network with her or get in contact with her then go to all of our socials and um yeah if you enjoyed the podcast <laughs>